Welcome to Bite at a Time Books, where we read you your favorite classics one bite at a time. My name is Brie Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. You'll also find our new t-shirts in the shop, including podcast shirts and quote shirts from your favorite classic novels. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes. But also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show, and YouTube, where we have special behind-the-narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear what inspired your favorite classic authors to write their novels— and what was going on in the world at the time, check out the Bite at a Time books behind the story podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Please note, while we try to keep the text as close to the original as possible, some words have been changed to honor the marginalized communities who've identified the words as harmful and to stay in alignment with Bite at a Time books' brand values. Today we'll be continuing Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Chapter 14 By and by, when we got up, we turned over the truck the gang had stole off of the wreck and found boots and blankets and clothes and all sorts of other things, and a lot of books and a spyglass and three boxes of cigars. We hadn't ever been this rich before in neither of our lives. The cigars was prime. We laid off all the afternoon in the woods talking and me reading the books and having a general good time. I told Jim all about what happened inside the wreck and at the ferry boat, and I said these kinds of things was adventures. But he said he didn't want no more adventures. He said that when I went in the Texas and he crawled back to get on the raft and found her gone, he nearly died, because he judged it was all up with him. Anyway, it could be fixed, for if he didn't get saved, he would get drowned. And if he did get saved, whoever saved him would send him back home so as to get the reward and then Miss Watson would sell him south, sure. Well, he was right. He was most always right. He had an uncommon level head for a servant. I read considerable to Jim about kings and dukes and earls and such, and how gaudy they dressed and how much style they put on and called each other your majesty and your grace and your lordship and so on, instead of mister. And Jim's eyes bugged out, and he was interested. He says, I didn't know they was so many in them. I ain't heard about none of them scarcely but old King Solomon, unless you counts them kings that's in a packet of yards. How much do a king get? Get? I says. Why, they get a thousand dollars a month if they want it. They can have just as much as they want. Everything belongs to them. Ain't that gay? And what they got to do, Huck? They don't do nothing. Why, how you talk, they just sat around. No, is that so? Of course it is. They just sit around, except maybe when there's a war, then they go to war. But other times they just lazy around or go hawking, just hawking and sp- Shh! You hear that noise? We skipped out and looked, but it weren't nothing but the flutter of a steamboat's wheel away down, coming around the point. So we come back. Yes, says I. And other times when things is dull, they fuss with the parliament and if everybody don't just go so, he whacks their heads off. But mostly they hang round to the harem. Round a witch? Harem. What's the harem? The place where he keeps his wives. 
Don't you know about the harem? Solomon had one. He had a million wives. Why, yes, that's so. I... I done forgot it. A harem's a bolden house. I reckon. Most likely they has rackety times in the nursery. And I reckon the wives' quarrels considerable. And that creased the racket. Yet they say Solomon the wisest men ever live. I don't take no stock in that. Because why would a wise man want to live in the mids as such a blimmin' blamin' all the time? No, Dee Dee wouldn't. A wise man had taken built a built-in factory, and then he could shut down the biller factory when he wants to rest. Well, but he was the wisest man anyway. Because the widow, she told me so her own self. I don't want cure what the widders say. He weren't no wise man nuther. He had some of the dad fetchinest ways I ever seen. Does you know about that child? That he is gonna chop in too? Yes, the widow told me all about it. Well, then weren't that the beatenest notion in the world? You just take and look at it a minute. That's the stum, da. That's one of the women. As you, that's the other one. Uh, Solomon and dish a dollar bills to child. Both in you claims it. What does I do? Does I shin around amongst the neighbors and find out which one you'd build the bong to? And hadn't it over the right one and safe and sound? The way that anybody that any gumption would. No, I take and whack the bill in two and give half unto you, and the other half to the other woman. That's the way Solomon was going to do with the child. Now I want to ask you, what's the use of the half a bill? Can't buy nothing with it. And what is use of half a child? I wouldn't give a dern for a million in them. But hang it, Jim, you've clean missed the point. Blame it, you've missed it a thousand mile. Who, me? Go long. Don't no talk to me about your pints. I reckon I know sense when I sees it, and there ain't no sense in such doings as that. Dispute warns about half a child. Dispute was about a whole child. And a man who thinks he can settle a dispute about a whole child with a half child don't know enough to come in out of the rain. Don't talk to me about Solomon, Huck. I know him by the back. But I tell you, you don't get the point. Blame the point, I reckon I knows what I knows. And mind you, the real pent is further. It's down deeper. It lays in the way Solomon was raised. You take a man that's going only one or two chillin', it that man gonna be a waste of chillin'? No, he ain't, he can't afford it. He knows how to value him. But you take a man that's got about five million chillin' running round the house and it's different. He as soon as a chop a child and two as a cat, days plenty more. A child or two more or less weren't no consequence to Solomon. Dad fetch him. I never see such a servant. If he got a notion in his head once, there weren't no getting it out again. He was the most down on Solomon of any servant I'd ever see. So I went to talking about other kings and let Solomon slide. I told about Louis XVI that got his head cut off in France long time ago, and about his little boy the dolphin that would have been a king, but they took and shut him up in jail, and some say he died there. Poor little chap. But some says he got out and got away and come to America. That's good. But he'll be pooty lonesome. They ain't no kings here, is they, Huck? No. They he can't get no situation. What's he going to do? Well, I don't know. Some of them gets on the police, and some of them learns people how to talk French. Why, Huck, don't when the French people talk the same way we does? No, Jim, you couldn't understand a word they said. Not a single word. Well, now I be ding busted. How do that come? I don't know, but it's so. I got some of their jabber out of a book. Suppose a man was to come to you and say, Polyfoo Franzi, 
What would you think? I would think nothing. I'd take and bust him over the head, that is, if he weren't white. I wouldn't low no servant to call me dat. Shucks, it ain't calling you anything. It's only saying, do you know how to talk French? Why then, why couldn't he say it? Why, he is a saying it. That's a Frenchman's way of saying it. Well, it's a blame ridiculous way, and I don't want to hear no more about it. There ain't no sense in it. Looky here, Jim, does a cat talk like we do? No, a cat don't. Well, does a cow? No, a cow don't nuther. Does a cat talk like a cow or a cow talk like a cat? No, they don't. It's natural and right for them to talk different from each other, ain't it? Course. And ain't it natural and right for a cat and a cow to talk different from us? Why, most surely it is. Well, then why ain't it natural and right for a Frenchman to talk different from us? You answer me that. Is a cat a man, Huck? No. Well, then there ain't no sense in a cat talking like a man. Is a cow a man? Or is a cow a cat? No, she ain't either of them. Well, then she ain't got no business to talk like either one or the other of them. Is a Frenchman a man? Yes. Well, then, Dad, blame it. Why don't he talk like a man? You answer me that. I see it weren't no use wasting words. You can't learn a servant to argue. So I quit. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books today. While well, we read a bite of one of your favorite classics. Again, my name is Bree Carlisle, and I hope you come back tomorrow for the next bite of Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com and check out the shop. You can check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the rest of the links for our show. We'd love to hear from you on social media as well.